1: Taking you behind the curtain, it's the Joan Hamburg Show, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome everyone to the Joan Hamburg Show, one of my favorite people. Unbelievable. And not only has he written his memoir, I Was Better Last Night, Harvey Firestein. that's how his mother taught him to pronounce it. I could get them mixed up. His father called it Stein, I think. But, Harvey, so many Tonys, who would have believed it? Tort Song Trilogy, he wrote, "Lacage," Kinky Boots. Oh, Harvey, I never even told you that my cousin Jack, Jackie, was the lyricist on Newsies.
0: Well, of course. I spoke to him just yesterday, Jack Feldman. I speak to him all the time, Cousin Jackie.
1: I love Cousin Jackie.
0: In fact, they did a a year anniversary concert on Monday at Feinstein's in the city, and Jack went to it. Oh, I, I
1: could, should have gone to
0: that. Oh uh, well, I, I, I'll yell at him and tell him to invite you next time. Of
1: course, invite the family. Invite speaking, the family.
0: Yeah, all the kids. Family, all the kids got together.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. And you know, when you do a book like you did which is no holds barred and it really starts early on. It's exhausting. It's exhilarating. And for some people it's so cathartic. They never have to see a shrink again. (laughs) What happened to you, dear Harvey?
0: Well, I did I did an event yesterday at the New York public library on fifth Avenue. And, um, it, what was so wonderful was a lot of my school chums showed up. There was someone I haven't seen since his bar mitzvah. Uh, there was mm-hmm. a couple of people I went to high school with. There were a couple of people I went to college with, and they're all coming and they're and they're talking about exactly that. Um, how cathartic it, it was for them to read the book and relive those those days. In New York.
1: But your days, even starting as a kid, because you were certainly not, you know, the big sports jock. You were a kid who did not conform from the start, got into community theater. I mean, it just doesn't happen like that. Meets Andy Warhol, is involved in the Theater of the Ridiculous. Right. Mama.
0: You know, a well, whole... You- World. You know, my whole my philosophy um, that has been developed over these many centuries of my being alive, my philosophy it, it seems to be that um, life is as interesting as the number of times you're brave enough to say yes. You know, all day long, we're doing, we're living our lives, you know, reading a newspaper or having coffee or whatever. And somebody will call up and say, hey, you want to go to the movies or you want to go see this or you want to go meet a friend of mine. And 99% of the time we say no because we've got our plan and, you know, in place and we're kind of lazy and change is a hard thing for all of us to do. But the truth is, life does not get more exciting if you say no. Only if you go out of your comfort zone, even in tiny ways. It's about seizing opportunity and saying yes. And like I said, I'm not as brave as I used to be about saying yes, but I still try to.
1: How many more yeses? If you said more, you wouldn't even have time (laughs) to go to sleep.
0: Well, it's true at the moment. I've got Funny Girl in previews on Broadway, and we've got kinky boots casting for the Hollywood Bowl hmm. and, I've, and I'm on the tour uh, with the book at the moment Unreal. and then there are people developing a television show for me at the moment which I never believe that stuff will ever happen I've had so many TV shows that never happened I mean, um, this one will now well who knows but it, but it doesn't even matter. The, 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 the point is to live that adventure. The, the point isn't that something has to happen the way you think it's going to happen. The point is to live the adventure, learn what you can from it. You know, I, Something else I always say is, I'm not afraid of failure. I, I can survive failure, what I can't survive is not taking the chance. What I can't survive is, is the maybe I should have. You know what I mean? That regretful feeling is what is what never goes away and always stays negative in your life. But failure failure over time becomes kinda of funny, you know. I think well, and I,
1: you learn to step over it too.
0: Well you, you know, have I, to. But you, you, but do. you
1: did And even, I mean, Harvey spares nothing in this memoir, which I literally couldn't put down. I was better last night. But part of it, I thought, as I'm reading, even though for your parents, it was really a tough journey. You know, their eccentric son who wanted to wear his mother's clothes and the whole thing. But they, in their own ways they accepted you and loved you so much
0: that exactly and
1: that was a gift where you could well, survive a lot of stuff that kids couldn't
0: my my father um, my father's mother died in childbirth he lived in uh, Ellenville New York you know in the Catskills Upstate, right. and so his father was the town barber and they put him in an orphanage as a baby and he was raised in an orphanage until he was 13 which of course is the is the Jewish age of manhood and at 13 they gave him the keys to a truck and he became the delivery guy for the <laughs> for the bakery for the local bakery um and he was an adult so he always had a want for family and a great respect for family since he didn't have the family he wanted and so we were raised my brother and I were raised that out, that in the house we could get yelled at but outside in the world the, the family would always stick together and the family would always take care of one another and uh, and so that was how we were raised and, and, and why we had that sort of no matter how looked, the rules were set that they were going to back me up, and they did, and they they were there,
1: yeah. And your mom, the scene in the book when everyone's sitting around a pool, and and there you are like a mermaid in the pool, you know, (laughs) one of your fantasies, and your mother sort of, everyone's watching, not knowing how to deal with it, says, look at him, he swims like a fish, and It got her by, and it got you by, too. And you had a brother who was a traditional kid...
0: But it was always right, but, there for you. Well, the two of us, you know, it's funny. As, as kids, you, uh, you know, in a Jewish family, um, we were we were nicknamed when we were babies almost. Uh, my brother was going to be the doctor and I was going to be the lawyer. He was going to be the doctor because he was good at science in school. And I was going to be the lawyer because I never shut up. And, um, <laughs> and as we grew up, we sort of grew up in that mold. Well, my brother stuck to that. Path until he found himself pre med in college when he suddenly woke up and said, What am I doing? I don't want to be a doctor. So he, so he ended up uh, getting a rock and roll band together, and and uh, you know going through his path, um, which eventually led to him becoming a lawyer. And I um, was never going to be a lawyer. I, um, I I just followed my path to be an artist, and uh, and that's the way it turned out.
1: Right, and you found a community early on yes. enough to give you support to get through. A lot of the terrible times when I read the book, and I have so many friends who died during that hideous period of AIDS, and it was devastating. But right, you were literally in the midst of it, and I don't know how you got through that after, even after reading
0: everything. Well, the thing is that the the AIDS period, I think we just battled through, and we battled through, and we battled.
1: That wasn't easy. All that Southern comfort.
0: All that Southern comfort. (laughs) Right,
1: that sweet drink. Well,
0: because I I really hated alcohol, Joan. You know, I didn't like alcohol. I just wanted that numb feeling. And so Southern comfort was very sweet. I drank 100 proof Southern comfort. Mm. At the worst of my drinking, I I was downing half a gallon a day. Oh which is absolutely ri- absurd, and it nearly killed me. I mean, it, it nearly killed me. But uh, thankfully, here I am.
1: But, uh, right, thankfully for you and thankfully for all of us. But your journey, even with when Torch Song Trilogy became such a big hit, and I know people talk about it, but I love reading about it, when you could afford to buy rubber bands because... <laughs> You were living on nothing, nothing. Right. And you would pick up rubber bands to hold all your pages together. You'd pick them up off the street.
0: I know. That was, that's, it actually was a moment in my life when I realized I was no longer um, completely poor when I went into a little bodega and bought an a plastic bag of rubber bands. And I said, if you have money to buy rubber bands, you must be doing okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Amazing, right? And Harvey, so much fun. I saw Matthew Broderick the other day on Broadway, and I kept thinking, having finished your book at that point, of this kid who wandered into your casting, I think. Right. What's was that torch song.
0: Yes, he was. there was
1: Matthew with a runny nose, like a kid.
0: Right. Well, it was his first job. He was 18 years old. He came in with his bicycle. I had no idea who he was. I didn't know. I mean, I knew who his father was, but I didn't realize that they were, you know, they were related. It was just a kid auditioning. There was no, you know, he was not Matthew Broderick, obviously. He was just a kid auditioning. But he came in. He had so much Personality—he he was so much himself, um, and he and he uh, he read with Estelle Getty. Uh, they auditioned
1: whom in, you uh, discovered, really?
0: Right in, in Bayside, Queens, and uh, and the two of them read together. And Estelle turned to him and said, "You know, you're not going to be a kid forever."
1: Funny. i know i'm sure he got a big kick out of reading that too
0: well i don't know i don't even know if he's read the book yet i sent i sent him the book i sent sarah jessica parker the book as well um because i know how lazy he can be so i figured <laughs> maybe sarah will make him read the book or she'll read well, him the good parts
1: exactly but I he can I, even I be lazy
0: yeah, I haven't gotten down to see them yet, but I'm do. But the two of us are doing. Um, Sarah. One of Sarah's best friends is Andy Cohen. He has that show, Watch What Happens, of on course. TV. Of course. And uh, and Matthew and I are doing that show together in a couple of weeks, so I'll oh, be able to question him.
1: Such a good
0: time. Yeah, we always you know. do whenever we but get together.
1: When the book was all finished, and you've been going on tour, and I'm sure. It gets a little exhausting, you know, to repeat the same stuff over and over again. But do you feel like now you really know who you are? I always thought you knew who you were from the beginning, even with all the problems.
0: I think I, I, it's very funny what, what what writing a memoir does for you. Um, in a funny way, it gets all those things, all the little shadows out of the dark corners, because you put them down on paper so they're not scary anymore. There's nothing There's nothing lurking in a dark corner. Nobody's going to discover something about you because you've already said it. Um, and and so it loses its power to be scary to you anymore. But it also – it was a lovely feeling to, to finish the book. But the funny part is when you're done writing the book – you can't turn off that faucet. The memories keep coming. It's no. like, oh, and now I should write this story and I should tell this story and I should tell this story. Because even at 400 pages, I'm going to be 70 years old in a couple of weeks. I got a lot of stories. And, uh, well, that's so, book number two. Well, I figured give myself a year or two off and then yes, maybe uh, I'll and then maybe I'll hit the computer again. I have a bunch of other things I want to write in the meantime. But i am I'm so proud of this book. I'm proud that that I got it done <laughs> first of all. The, I'm hearty, proud that a, Yeah and, a deal. and Knopf and to have Knopf be my publisher is outstanding and uh they're, they're, wonderful editor there, Peter who who's just absolutely terrific. And then to have it come out and be a New York Times bestseller, that was like, wow. That was, it just blew me away.
1: No, and of all the things you've done, and, you know, you portrayed that when Tort Song, you know, even the rubber bands, when suddenly it was okay, it was official, you were really on top of your game. But to see this book, with everything, is really unbelievable. You know, I was thinking maybe the next one, you could do a play, with you. You did it, but now a new version of you.
0: Right. Well, there's. Um, I, I actually have already been offered a Broadway theater. Um, Jordan Roth, the wonderful uh, head Jordan. of Jujamcyn, head yeah, Jujamcyn Theaters, he called me up and said, "I'm so crazy about your book. Won't you consider doing a um, a show?" Based on the book, you know, telling stories from the book, maybe adding in a couple of songs from the different shows. Yes, and I said, and I said, I definitely will think about it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll start thinking about it over the summer once I finish the book tour. But, um, you know, it's, it's wonderful that, that those stories have so touched people. But I do want to do it right. You want to you get something like that right.
1: No, but you—the you, book even has it right, and you're going to get it more right because you're a storyteller, and you're funny. There's so much humor in the book too. You know, I remember—you won't remember this, Harvey. It goes back a zillion years. I was doing the show in Connecticut, not far from where you. I live. just drove
0: past that building, Joan. <laughs> you, I you. just—I just had to go to the to the showroom, the lighting showroom and pick out an outdoor light fixture. I And I knew I had to come home and, and talk to you. And as I'm driving, I drove past that building where you did the live broadcast
1: Remember from that barn.
0: Then, of course I do.
1: But then the funny thing was when I said, Harvey, where do you live? And you said, you'll know, because I had to put up an American flag. I said, why? <laughs> you said, you're in this little town. They never saw a Jew before. So I knew if I put up an American flag, they'd think I was one of them.
0: But it's, Well, that's, we a, that's a lot up. of years ago. I've been here. I've been in this town now. Oh, my gosh. Um, I moved in in 84. So what is that? That's, oh, uh, that's, 90, <laughs> that's oh 38 years. Yeah. Right. I've been here a long time. So I think they figured out I live here now.
1: That's right. I, With or I without, without the flag. It.
0: I've right. lived here more, longer than most of the of my neighbors, so I so know. yeah. But with it's, or it's, without
1: what's going yes. on and everything exciting. And the book, to read about what downtown New York was like from someone who really lived it, to go with you to Ted Hook's backstage. And in those days, he was a personal assistant to stars that... We'd read about movie magazines, Tallulah Joe Blundell, Bankhead, Tallulah Bankhead, all the greats. I mean, those are yeah. adventures no one can have except for you.
0: I, In fact, I have. Um, Ted got it for me uh, before he passed. Um, the A Grandma Moses that Tallulah Bankhead bought from Grandma Moses. Mm. She was one of the people who discovered Grandma Moses. And I have one of the the Grandma Moses paintings that Tula Bank had bought directly from How her. Wonderful!
1: How great!
0: Which always well, reminds Harvey, me of Ted.
1: It's it's a wonderful ride, and I love that it's going stronger, bigger, and better than ever.
0: But you know what? But I got to tell you one thing about the book title. I was better last night. I originally thought of that as the best thing you could put on a gravestone. <laughs> I was better last night. A true word never spoken. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh, that was funny! But hey, you're here. You're not in a rush to go anywhere. You got I ain't a whole lot nowhere, of You're going nowhere, honey.
0: You and, and you and I are riding this pony for a while longer. Why not? Why not? You know, not? I
1: always say when people say, "Do you ever get depressed because of the pandemic?" I say, "You know what? I don't want to miss a meal, so right. we're hanging on."
0: All right, well, give my love to Johnny for me and thank Lisa said, everybody. You. And it was a pleasure, as always, to talk to you.
1: We'll see you soon. All the best.
0: I've my love
1: but- to more. I'm Joan Hamburg. That was Harvey Feuerstein. It was better. I was better last night. And we're going to come up to much more right here on WABC. Stay tuned.